the first shlichus, the first emissary in the Torah to be recorded is the shlichus, the emissary Eliezer, who went to find a shidduch, a wife for his master's son Yitzchak. The question here is, Eliezer, who went on behalf of his master Avraham to find and select a wife for Yitzchak, was he in the category of a shatchin, a matchmaker who gives suggestions, or was he in the category of a shaliach? And the law in the Talmud is that shluchai shal adam kemoisai, that an emissary of the sender is like the person himself. In other words, did Eliezer have the power to actually betroth Rivka on behalf of Yitzchak or simply to make a suggestion? Just to be clear, according to Jewish law, you can send an emissary to betroth a girl on your behalf. So let's say Yitzchak wants to marry Rivka. And Yitzchak is in Vietnam. And Rivka is in New York. And Yitzchak has a good friend who's able to travel from Vietnam to New York. He gives his friend a ring in Vietnam. He says, travel to New York and betroth Rivka on my behalf. So the friend puts the ring onto the Kala's hand and Yitzchak becomes the Chassan. Yitzchak becomes betrothed to Rivka. So Eliezer, is Eliezer a messenger, a shaliach that has the power or the power of attorney to actually marry Rivka on behalf of Yitzchak? Or is he merely a shatchin, a matchmaker, that brings back a girl as a potential kala, a potential shidduch? So there are two conjectures, there are two opinions, two ways of looking at it. One is that he was actually only a matchmaker to make a proposal and a suggestion. And that is because we see that Eliezer had his own personal desires as well. Eliezer had a daughter, and Eliezer wanted his daughter to marry Yitzchak. So a shaliach, an emissary, is someone who has total subservience to the sender. If you have your own ulterior motives, you cannot be a true shaliach, a true messenger, or a true emissary. So was Eliezer a true emissary or was he simply doing it as a shatchin, a matchmaker? According to this opinion that he had a daughter and he wanted his daughter to marry Yitzchak, then he wasn't totally subservient to his master Avraham. And therefore he would be in the category of a shatchin, which is a matchmaker. On the other hand, the other conjecture is that as the Torah tells us who he was, he was Zakan Beisoy Hamoshel Bechalashaloi. He was the elder of the house, which means the most trusted, and he controlled 
all of Avram's assets. Furthermore, he was Eliezer of Damesek, Damesek Eliezer. What is Damesek? The simple interpretation is Damesek means Damascus. He was from Damascus. A deeper interpretation is Damesek means Shadela Umashke Metoides Rabbi Lachedim. He was constantly pouring out the teaching and the knowledge of his teacher, Avraham, to all those that he came in contact with. So Eliezer wasn't only someone who gave Avraham Avinu some wine in his cup for Kiddush and didn't only clean up the table after dinner, but rather he was the CEO of the entire company. He was running everything. And he was constantly teaching and conveying and spreading the teachings of Avram to the entire world. And therefore, he was totally dedicated to Avram. So what is the answer? Is Eliezer a shaliach, an emissary, or is he a shatchin, a matchmaker? And the answer is that it seems that he was more than a matchmaker, but actually a shaliach. Because it says that, that Eliezer took ten of the Gamalim, the ten of the camels of his master. And in addition to that, he took the whole tuv adena biyada. He took the entire wealth of his master in his hand. What does that mean? How can you take the entire wealth of your master in one hand? Avram Avinu was a multi, multi-billionaire. One of the wealthiest people in the world at that time. He was wealthier than Amazon He's wealthier than all these other big companies today. And Avram Avinu gave a contract into the hand of Eliezer. And he said that I'm giving over all my wealth to Eliezer, my servant. Now, what was the purpose behind this? Because Eliezer, according to the Ramban and Sofreni and Chaskuni, Eliezer went down to find a wife for Yitzchak. And he wanted to show, look, if this girl marries the daughter of my master, she'll be well taken care of. He's very, very rich, very, very wealthy. Look, I have in my hand the entire wealth of my master. I have in my hand his entire value, how much he's worth. And therefore you can see he's really rich. And I have control of that money. I can give you the money. I can give it to your father. I can give it to your family. I can take good care of you. And... I want you to come back and marry Yitzchok. Furthermore, mm-hmm. I will be a shaliach to actually betroth you at this time on behalf of Yitzchok. And this is why we believe that Eliezer was actually a shaliach, an emissary, not only a matchmaker. A matchmaker, after she makes the shidduch, then you give her a few thousand dollars as a thank you. You don't give your entire wealth to the matchmaker. The fact that he carried with him, the entire wealth of his master implies that he had the power and the institution of the power of attorney to be a true shaliach, a true emissary of his master, Avraham. Now, comes the question to mind, and there are numerous questions over here. Number one, If Avram Avinu wanted Eliezer to be persuasive, to actually find a girl who will move from one place to another place, 
to move from California to Israel or to move from New York to Australia. So you have to come with some, you know, power, some money. Why does Avraham Avinu need to give Eliezer his entire wealth? He could give him a million dollars. He can give him five million dollars. Here, here's some cash. Spend some money, you know, on, on, on some whiskey and some wine, on some new shoes. Go ahead, buy some nice jewelry, a 13-carat diamond ring for the girl. You know, but you don't have to give all your wealth. Why is Avraham Avinu giving Eliezer's entire wealth? Another question, halachically. Are you allowed to give another person your entire wealth? We find pertaining the laws of tzedakah, of charity. It says you're allowed to give mikol ashaloi. V'loi kol ashaloi. You're allowed to give from all that you have, but not all that you have. So let's say you have $100. You can give $10 to charity, $20 to charity. It says the Baal Shem Tov would take the money he need for, needed for himself. <clears throat> so for example, if, if, if Baal Shem Tov needed that day $10... So he would take $10 for himself, and he would give the other 90 to charity. Fine. But you still need a few dollars to buy a coffee, to buy a Danish, to buy lunch, dinner, pay for electricity, pay for rent. How is Avram Avinu able to give everything that he had to Eliezer? Furthermore, if he gave everything that he had to Eliezer in order to marry Yitzchak off, and then eventually that money went to Yitzchak, and according to Rashi, he actually gave a contract stating that everything he has is going to Yitzchak, belongs to Yitzchak. The question is, how did Avram live from that time onward? Avram was 140 years old at this episode. He lived to 175 years old, 35 more years. How did he continue? You could fast a day, you could fast two days. But after that, you need food. How does Avram survive over the next 35 years? One answer is that he actually lived off the money of his son, of Yitzchak. Yitzchak had all the money now, and Yitzchak was obligated, based on the laws of Kabed Esavicha, one of the Ten Commandments, to honor your father and your mother. <clears throat> so Yitzchak had the obligation now <clears throat> to support his father, Avraham. That's one answer. Another answer is, Avraham was an entrepreneur, he was very talented. Everything he touched turned into gold. He started a new business at 140. Not a problem. Most people retire by 140. And Avraham Avinu started a new business at 140. But all his money he gave over to Eliezer. And by extension, he gave over all his money to Yitzchak. So the question comes to mind, why is it that he needed to give all his value, all of his wealth, to Eliezer in order to convince the girl to marry Yitzchak? And the answer is as follows. The marriage of Yitzchak and Ifka is not only the first Jewish marriage in the Torah, but also it is the marriage of the Jewish people for all generations to come. Avram Avinu understood he needed to set forth the mandate and the mission statement for his children, for the Jewish people, for all generations to come. And therefore, this marriage of Yitzchak marrying Rivka, a nice Jewish boy, to marry a nice Jewish girl, was something that Avram needed to inculcate 
into Yitzchak and into all generations to come. And therefore to make this mission statement clear and to inculcate this concept that it should pervade the minds and the hearts of his children and grandchildren of Klai Yisrael for all generations to come, Avram Avinu needed to give everything that he had to make this happen. Now there's a cliche, I did my best. But there's also a song that says, your best just ain't good enough. But you got to give it your all. You got to give it your all. And that's what Avram Avinu did exactly. He gave it his all. He gave all his money, all his strength, all his resources, all his love, all his potential, his entire conviction to make sure this is going to happen. That his son Yitzchak is going to marry Rivka. And that the Jewish people will continue and have continuity until the end of time. And this explains the reason of why even though Avram was very wealthy and he had millions and billions of dollars, yet he made sure to give it his all to put forth this mandate for all generations, the importance and the time and effort that we need to put into the Shuduchim, into the marriages of our children. On a deeper level, on a Kabbalistic level. The entire creation of the universe, says Kabbalah, is about the marriage of Yitzchak to Rivka. And that is why the Torah here, in this section, has many, many verses. In chapter 24, it's a very, very long story. It starts over the verse number one, all the way down to verse number 67. That's a long chapter. And the Torah repeats itself, not only telling us what happened, but after Eliezer comes back, it repeats it again. He tells over and repeats the story to Yitzchak. Why so many details? Because Torah is telling us the entire creation and purpose of creation is the marriage of Yitzchak and Ifka. What does that mean? In Kabbalistic terms, it's the unity between the name of God, the Shem Ma and Shem Ban. Ma and Ban. Ma represents what am I? The spiritual and Ban has the same gematria, the same numerical computation as the word Behima, which is animal, referring to the physical. In other words, the purpose of creation is to unite heaven and earth. That's the purpose of creation. Yitzchak representing heaven, Rivka representing earth. Yitzchak representing God, Rivka representing the Jewish people. Yitzchak representing soul, Rivka representing body. The whole purpose of creation is to unite and create a unity between heaven and earth. Our rabbis tell us that Abraham began the 2,000-year episode of Matan Torah, the giving of the Torah. What does that mean? What happened at the giving of the Torah? According to the Jewish calendar, the Torah was given on the year 2448. Avraham Avinu began this process of the giving of the Torah. Even though Avraham Avinu did not live at the time of the giving of the Torah. He did not see the giving of the Torah. Yet, 
he began the process. What does it mean he began the process? The hachana, the introduction. What was the giving of the Torah? The first commandment is anoichi. I am God your Lord. That is the first of the Ten Commandments. What happened when God said, Anoichi Hashem Lekecha, I am God your Lord? It says God came down to the mountain and Moses went up to God. We explained many times in the past that before the giving of the Torah, there was a separation of heaven and earth. That which was spiritual remained spiritual and that which was physical and finite remained physical. Torah gave us the ability to merge and to unite heaven and earth. That when we take an apple, we make a brach on the apple, and we say, I'm going to eat this apple to have strength to serve God, the apple becomes holy. When I take a candle made out of wax, and I make a brach on it Friday afternoon before Shabbat, before Shabbos, I now sanctify that candle, and the light that comes out of that candle is a holy light, which permeates the entire home with peace and tranquility. That power to use the physical and make it spiritual was given to us at Sinai. Avraham Avinu began this process. And this is hinted by the fact that Eliezer says, Eved Avraham Anoichi. I am the servant of Avraham. Anoichi is the same word Eliezer uses. Anoichi is the same word that is the first of the Ten Commandments. Anoichi Hashem Lekecha. I am God your Lord. Eliezer, who was given over the teachings of his master, uses these terminologies of Sinai, Anoichi, Eber Avram Anoichi, that you should know my entire essence is that I am a servant of Avram, and my objective is to spread Anoichi, I am God your Lord, throughout the entire world. And this answers another interesting question. If the entire purpose of the Torah is to marry off Yitzchak to Rivka, the entire purpose of Torah is to unite heaven and earth. So why is the story all about Eliezer? The whole focus of the story is what Eliezer did, what he thought, what he prayed, what he said. And the details of Yitzchak and Ifka are secondary. It should have been the opposite. We should have learned more about Yitzchak, more about Rivka, how they met, how they felt for each other. And Eliezer, you know, a small detail. By the way, he went down and he found Rivka. But the answer is that from here we understand that the main objective is the shaliach. The main objective is the emissary. The main objective is to be the messenger. As they say in America, don't shoot the messenger. But the answer is, it's up to the messenger. The Torah is telling us every one of us is Eliezer. The Torah is not only a history book of the past. Torah means means lesson for today. What is the lesson for today? We are Eliezer. And therefore we have to bring the connection between heaven and earth. But what is the qualifications of a shliach? The first qualification of a shliach is that on one hand he's independent. He's intellectual. He's smart, he's accomplished, which is the concept of ban, physical, a body. On the other hand, Eved Avraham Anoichi, I am the servant of Abraham. I am nullified to God, to Torah, to mitzvahs, to my messenger. And there's the combination of both. 
It's the unity of both. The shliach himself embodies these two qualities of ma'amban. Because for the emissary, for the messenger, to be able to unite heaven and earth, to be able to unite spirituality and physicality, the messenger himself needs to possess these both qualities. So this is the message of the messenger. This is the message of our Parsha, that the objective of creation is the marriage between Yitzchak and Rivka. The most simple plain level is yes, make Shaduchim. Be a matchmaker. Find a nice Jewish boy, a nice Jewish girl, get them married. That's number one. On a much deeper level, our job is to be a matchmaker to unite heaven and earth. To unite God with creation. To unite the physical with the spiritual. To make every day, Matan Torah, every day the giving of the Torah, to reveal the Anochi, I am God your Lord, in the world around us. And therefore, the ultimate messenger, the ultimate shaliach, the ultimate emissary, will be the Mashiach. For he will truly bring together heaven and earth. And this explains an interesting episode. When Moshe Rabbeinu, Moses wanted, was chosen by God to redeem the Jewish people from the land of Egypt. And God is talking to Moshe Rabbeinu seven days, seven days on Sinai. Seven days they were standing together talking at that bush. It wasn't just a five-minute conversation. For seven days, God is trying to convince Moses to go and redeem the Jewish people. And Moshe Rabbeinu finds every excuse under the sun why it's not him. He doesn't speak well. He's not so smart. He's not so holy. Finally, he says, God, send the guy who you're going to send. What does that mean? What does it mean? Says the Medrish that Moshe says, look, God, I know the history. I know what's going to happen. I'll take the Jews out of Egypt and you're going to bury me in the desert. Send the Mashiach, who's going to take the Jews into Israel, who's going to bring the end of exile. Let him come now and do the job. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu was not only a holy Jew and a smart person and a godly person, he also represents the Chachma, the level of intellect of holiness. And therefore, his question was a true question and a legitimate question. And a godly question. And therefore his, his request was a true, holy, rightful request. When a tzaddik, a holy tzaddik makes a request, the request is fulfilled. And this is the meaning in the Talmud that that the first redeemer will be the last redeemer. That's what the Talmud says. Now, the question is, why does it mean the first redeemer will be the last redeemer? The first redeemer was Moshe. Moshe came from the tribe of Levi. The last redeemer, who's the Mashiach, needs to come from David HaMelech, King David, which is the tribe of Judah. So how could the first redeemer be the last redeemer? But this is what Moshe Rabbeinu did. You see, he made Mashiach into a hybrid. He made Mashiach into a hybrid. 
instead of Mashiach coming from the tribe of Judah, and Moses being from the tribe of Levi, he said, let's merge the first Redeemer and the last Redeemer. What does that mean? The first Redeemer was Moshe, who gave the Torah to the Jewish people. He was a teacher. The last Redeemer, Mashiach, will be a king from the lineage, from the dynasty of King David, uh, from King David. Moshe said, I want both. I want to be a king, and I want Mashiach to be a teacher. And now the first Redeemer and the last Redeemer possess both qualities. And therefore, Mashiach is truly a hybrid of Moses and David. Now, each one of us has within us the spark of Moshe. Every one of us has a spark of Mashiach. Each one of us is a shaliach, is an emissary of God to make the world a better place, to make a dent in the universe, to transform this physical exile into redemption. Each one of us has that power, and each one of us is given that potential. And it's from this parsha, the parsha of Chai Sora, that God says, each one of you is Eliezer. And the Torah spends so much time to teach us who Eliezer was, because Torah is not only a history book, not only a book of lesson, but Torah actually gives strength to the people who study the Torah. So we now receive this inspiration, this encouragement, but also physical strength to be able to accomplish this mission. How much strength do we have? Call Ashaloi. Avram Avinu gave everything that he had for this mission. And so too God gives us everything we need to fulfill this mission. To be the true emissary, to, to be the true Eliezer, to bring about this marriage between God and the Jewish people, between God and the world, between all the nations of the world and the Jewish people. It's a very powerful parsha. It's a very empowering parsha. And therefore brings us to a tremendous responsibility. And therefore after we read this parsha, and after being so many years in exile, and after working so hard every day of our life to bring about the redemption, we need to say, Asisi, Eshtichosi, we have done our shlichos, we have done our work. And what remains is the final motto and the final mission statement of our generation that we need to receive the countenance of Mashiach on a very literal, literal sense. And each one of us has this power. Each one of us has this mission. Each one of us has this obligation. And what it means, we stated many, many times, each person knows what they have to do. Each person knows what they have to fix. That most difficult thing in your life that one thing that you say, one day I'll get to it. That's what we have to do today. Don't wait to that one day. In the famous song, tomorrow is always a day away. Don't wait for tomorrow. Make it happen today. So we hope and pray that with the story of Eliezer and the story of Yitzchak marrying Rivka, number one, we should see many, many shaduchim. All those who are looking to get married should find their soulmates all those that are married should stay married to the soulmates. And to have children and grandchildren who go in the ways of Torah and Mitzvahs. And Hashem should give us the strength and to give us everything we need, all the tools, the potential to fulfill our mission 
each one of our mission, to make the world a dwelling place for God, that we should have this chus and the merit to see in our lifetime. Today, not tomorrow, the ultimate redemption, a world of peace and tranquility, a world of love and compassion, a world of healing, and a world of joy. The coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Amen.